what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it is episode 110-110, and I'm with my co-host, Kamo. It's been a minute. Kamo, are you there? Just the West. Yeah. Signing in from Seattle, Washington. I'm here. What up, though? Happy Friday, by the way. Um, We are going to week 10 in the NFL, NFC West, and as we were talking about earlier, you know, as you... Strolled into your office on Friday. There's there's a big game in the NFC West come Monday, right? Um, a, a bit of a NFC West matchup between two rivaling teams the last couple of years, and and you are living in Seattle. Am I am I right? Yeah, you know, there, I heard some rumblings about about this little game on Monday, but you know, everyone here is so excited about the uh, the Sounders MLS Cup chase. On Sunday, that no, I'm just kidding. Yes, they, the city is hyped for this matchup on Monday. Seahawks and 49ers. Um, as I told you earlier, I wore my jersey to the office today and was getting many, many looks. But again, all I had to say was was two words: uh, eight no. Eight no, baby. What jersey did you wear? A good Alex Smith jersey, something cute like that. Um, a good all. Uh, <laughs> What, 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 no, yeah. I, had, nope. I had to throw throw it back to to a timeless um, Patrick P. Willie Patrick Willis jersey. Fifty two, baby, nice. Fifty two, that's a good choice. And so, what, what do people say to you? I'll say at the office because obviously you're in Seattle, you're with the twelve. Yeah. You're in the heart of the twelve. So, I mean, what's what's the feedback? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely got a lot of a lot of looks. Um, you know, people were saying, "Oh, Patrick Willis, you know, obviously great player." Um, so it wasn't any of the current guys. Like, but, uh, did he get some shit like he, he ain't no Bobby Wagner or something like that? <laughs> you know, there I definitely saw a bunch of Wagner's lockets, a few Metcalf jerseys around. So you know. Okay. Well, to our listeners, Week Ten is upon us, and there are three NFC West games this week. You know, obviously because the third one is Monday Night Football: Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. If you look at all the matchups for Week 10, I think that it's probably the premier marquee matchup that most of the league is, is kind of intrigued to, to watch. Um, but, you know, the Cardinals, they go on the road against Tampa Bay. And the Rams, they come off their bye week. Uh, they got a road game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so let's go ahead and recap the standings in the division and get into the matchups at hand. You have the Niners, as I mentioned before, or as Camo mentioned before, if someone were to give you shit, you just say Niners are what? what what's their record right now? Eight no, baby. They are eight no. So Niners are first place, eight no. Uh, you have the Seahawks not too far behind, uh, and that's what makes this game the matchup of the week, in my kind of biased opinion. But the best game of the of the week. Uh, this, I mean, could this, you could you argue that this game is the most anticipated game of the last what two two years in all of the NFL? Well, the Seahawks are seven and two. Um, I'd say like their last five, six games have been decided by a touchdown or less, and yeah. the Seahawks have always had the Niners' number. Um, but this year, it feels like things are different, and and that's why for the Niners, I mean, you know, obviously they're eight and zero, but the Seahawks have they're getting an MVP performance out of their quarterback in Russell Wilson. And so just that mental hurdle for the Niners to beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks for the first matchup, especially being 8-0, it would mean a lot for them. It would mean a lot for San Francisco Niners fans. It would mean a lot for Richard Sherman. Um, 
But I digress. You know, the same thing with the yeah, Seahawks yeah. too. You know, the Seahawks want this to win just as much as the Niners. For sure. Yeah, we can definitely get into. It. I have a few questions for you, Just the West. So, why don't we uh, why don't we run down the um, the uh, the Cardinals game and uh, and and talk about what uh, what you like to see in this game? Sure, sure, sure. So third place. Rams are five and three. They're on a bye now that now they get their game back against the Steelers. And like you mentioned before, um, the Cardinals their last place, but you know kind of an optimistic last place. They're three five and one, but they played very well against the Niners. And so now they go on the road to Tampa Bay. Okay, so the Cardinals are three five and one, one being a tie. They're playing the Bucks, who are two and six. Uh, but man, I mean, they they lost thirty four to thirty in overtime at Seattle. In a really tight battle, uh, where you saw Jameis, you know, put up a good game, but Jameis going Jameis, uh, he had a couple of turnovers as well. Uh, but the Bucks are favored by four and a half, and it's anticipated to be a high-scoring game at over under fifty-two and a half. So I mean, Camo, I mean, you know, your Cardinals too. I mean, you used to live in Arizona for Christ's sake. So I mean, what's your what's your initial thoughts about this game? Yeah, but. Was there a couple of years that they did not claim um, the Red Sea or whatever they call themselves there? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this team is, I think, playing a little better than people expected, uh, especially with, with a you know rookie quarterback, <clears throat> aging, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, who I, I have not been keeping up. Has he been playing that well this year? Um, so I don't really, I don't really know the identity of this Cardinals team. Well, I will say this in, in their defense, um, you know, of course they have a couple of nuances. First year coach, first year quarterback, first year defense switching back into a three four. Um, but I will say this though, uh, they played the Niners really tough. They did a lot of good things against the Niners in Thursday night football. Um, where you know Kyler Murray, the last five games, you know you can. Talk about some of his struggles early on as a rookie, but uh, the last five games he's had zero interceptions, zero turnovers, and so he's taking care of the ball. And they lost very narrowly, twenty to twenty-five against the Niners last week. Uh, personally, for me, I have a little bit more optimism, especially against a undisciplined Bucks team with James Winston under center. Sure, you have Mike Evans. Sure, you have Chris Godwin. And sure that the secondary for the Cardinals is, you know, a bit lackluster now. Uh, Patrick Peterson didn't look so hot against Emmanuel Sanders and the Niners last week. Uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, I will say this. Uh, you know, you still have Chandler Jones. You still have Terrell Suggs. Uh, you're getting some good promise out of their linebackers but Jordan Hicks. Uh, I feel that their front seven, at least their backers, are, are strong enough to, to wrap up uh, and do a good job against the, uh, the Buccaneers. And so... I don't know, man. On the edge, if the Cardinals can get enough pressure, which they can, uh, and force James Winston to make some James Winston-like mistakes, uh, I know it's on the road, but I saw a pretty good showing out of the Cardinals last week, which makes me think otherwise uh, on the road. For sure, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that the, the I think in this game, the Bucks are just still finding themselves. I've never been impressed by Janet. Um I, you know, realizing as well that this is um, the first game between Bruce Arians and his former team. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, shoot, I forgot. I totally forgot about that too. I'm sure Bruce Arians would love to beat the Cardinals. I don't know. They're two and six. It's not like the Cardinals are that much better. They're three, five, and one. Um, 
But I do agree with the over-under for 52.5. I think that both secondaries can be had. I think that, um, you know, Kyler Murray versus Jameis Winston should be very fantasy football friendly, if you guess my drift. For sure. So, and, you know, just just another thing to note, too. I mean, the Cardinals, I I don't know what the deal is with David Johnson, but, you know, Kenyon Drake, they traded for him last week. Uh, Shoot, I mean, I think he had... Uh, over 100 all-purpose yards last week. He played really well against a, a tough Niners front seven. Uh, and I know that, you know, run defensively, uh, their defensive tackles, whether it's Ndam Kungsu or Vita Vea, they have a really good interior run defense. But, you know, Kenyon Drake can certainly push outside. I think that Kyler Murray uh, and that offense, if they can spread the field, make, make, make a play laterally, uh, it does have some promise. I do know that they have Levante David and a couple other really good linebackers. But, you know, I just, um, I'm just not impressed by this Tampa Bay defense as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, are, what matchup are you looking for in this game? Looking forward to. So, for me personally, I'm, I'm a bit curious about. You know, Patrick Peterson, can he rebound after what we saw last week? And I know it was a short week. Uh, it was a short week against Emmanuel Sanders. I was really surprised that Emmanuel Sanders did what he did. He had, like, seven catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, but, I mean, Patrick Peterson, everyone's been really down on him lately. Even Deion Sanders made a comment after that, uh, after that game saying that, you know, he expected a little bit more out of Patrick Peterson. And I'm sure, you know... He hears the noise, uh, saying that maybe they should have traded him earlier to get a better return for draft picks because he's he's old news now, maybe. Uh, I've been hearing that a lot this week. And so he's going to get matched up against Mike Evans, most likely. And Mike Evans is coming off, what, I don't know, like 12 catches and 150 yards and, and a couple scores against the, uh, the Seahawks. And so he's been balling lately. Uh, so that's going to be the primetime matchup. And so to really gauge where is Patrick Peterson, is it true? Is he old news? Is he is he past his, you know, the, the best days ahead of him? Or was that just an anomaly against the Niners, you know? Um, just because the previous week uh, he did, you know, he did a pretty good job against Julio Jones. Um, so I don't know. It's just um, where where is he at right now? That's, that's kind of the matchup that I have in mind. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and again, is this game... Is this that early East Coast game, like 10 a.m. start? Uh, let me let me double check that. I mean, to your point, that is always in the mix, especially with these uh, these road games. But let me see. Um, it's a ten. Yep, it's a ten o'clock game. Yep. Yeah, I mean that definitely favors uh, the East Coast team for sure. So, so you know, having said that, um, and you. Any thoughts on your end, you know, conversely uh, about this matchup? Anything that kind of sticks out for you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think this could be pretty high scoring. I can see, I think with the, um, I think the Bucks will pull this one off and cover. So, um, okay, so, so let's put it, yeah. on, put it on you. So, Bucks are favored by four and a half over under 52 and a half. Uh, what's your final score for this? Um, let's say we're going to go. Mm, 30 30 to 24 um yeah 30 bucks okay i will 
kind of going on my, my tip about them playing very good against the Niners, um, them showing strong promise. You know, unlike James Winston, Kyler Murray, he's been taking good care of the ball. Uh, I think that I'm seeing enough for him where I feel that, hey, you know, coming off a couple of tough tough losses, they lost to the state. Oh, my apologies. Patrick Peterson, he had to guard Michael Thomas, not Julio Jones. So uh, they had two tough games against the Saints, the Niners, and they were certainly competing. Tampa Bay is nowhere near those two teams where I feel that um, Kyler Murray, as long as he takes care of the ball, and as long as they force Winston to do Winston things, uh, I think that the Cardinals can surprise. Um, so give me the Cardinals 31. Give me the Buccaneers 27. It'll be a high-scoring game, but I think that Kyler Murray will do a much better job on the road. And, um, you know, suck it, Bruce Arians, you know. Beat, beat them at Tampa Bay. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Let's go ahead and progress to the next row game. For the NFC West, and so mentioned before, that the Rams are five and three. They had about a week by to get their shit together and rest up. Um, you know their offense. The first half, a lot of uh, a lot of questions about their offensive identity. To be quite honest, because their run game wasn't as good. That meant their play action wasn't as good, and that meant that Jared Goff, as a quarterback and that passing game, suffered. Right, so you have the Rams five and three. They're well rested right now. They're on the road against the Steelers. They're favored by four, four and a half. And it, it does make you wonder, though. You know, they officially enter the second half of the season. What are you going to get out of the run game? What are you going to get out of Todd Gurley? Um, I think that this defense as a whole, you know, uh, they've been very aggressive to, to address this defense. I mean, shoot, Marcus Peters is gone. Keep to leave was traded as well. But they have Jalen Ramsey now. Clay Matthews, from what I understand, he's healthy after, uh, I don't know, uh, dislocating his jaw. Uh, he should be back. And he had he already had like eight sacks for the season. And so you have a lot of optimism with this defense. But I'm still concerned about about this offense. And when you look at the Steelers team, they're 4-4. Four and four, And, you know, I, I get it. Their, their offense isn't as good uh, with Mason Rudolph over Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but at the same time, too, this front seven is, is pretty good, man. Uh, with between T.J. Watts uh, and that front seven, they do, you know, Bud Dupree. Uh, I'm kind of worried about this Rams offensive line because, you know, they have a week to get their shit together, but um, it still hasn't been a good unit up to this point. So the Rams are favored by four because, you know, theoretically they're the better team. But, you know, playing at Pittsburgh is always tough. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, obviously the the Steelers are definitely not what they have been, you know, in recent years because of all the injuries and drama, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera, Um So, again, you know, playing on the road is never easy, especially going to the East Coast. Again, like we said before about the Bucks, I feel like the Rams team is, you know, still in the mix, but definitely underachieving compared to what the expectations were coming into the season. Um, you know, I think they've they've obviously been banged up too, and then a couple you know key defense players who they added last year are now gone. So again, I think it's another team that's still trying to find their identity as well. So both teams are trying to find their identity. You think? I, I totally, yeah, definitely. 
keep in mind too, James Conner, I don't think he's going to play this game as well. Um, so you're going to get a bit of Edmonds and um, Sam, Jalen Samuels. And so, you know, they, you know, they, they certainly have, have their share of struggles. Uh, let me ask you this then, Kmo. I mean, um, what do you expect out of Gurley this game? Do you think that with this extra week of rest, you know, you'll see a different version of Gurley, a more reinvigorated Gurley, or uh, kind of spec? Yeah. spec- I'm just speculating right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I honestly haven't had a chance to watch too much of him this season. I know he's not performing as as he has been the last couple of years, but um, I can definitely see this as a rebound game for him, um, you know, especially considering the the, the, the Steelers defense nothing to really write home about. So, Okay. Um, to your point, I think, especially coming off the bye, you know, if they really want to reestablish their offensive identity, I think that they will – um, they, they realize that they have to get the run game back. Um, maybe their pass protection, and that, that's another thing as well. You know, in pass protection on the road against, you know, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and this front seven, you know, it's going to be tough to to protect Jerry Goff. I'm not going to lie. I think that this could be an uglier, um, slower paced game where, um, they're, you know, they, they do run early quite a bit, especially since they know he's well rested. Um, they want to establish the run early. Get them in some play action later on in, in the later stages of the game. Uh, you know, we haven't really heard too much from Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods lately. Um, you know, a little bit of emergence from Gerald Everett, the tight end. Uh, it's good to see Joshua Reynolds back in the mix. Obviously, they have Cooper Cup as their X factor. Um, so I, I think, you know, more importantly, I think coming off the bye, you're going to see them run the ball a little bit more and kind of look to get to where they were at from last year's offensive identity, if you catch my drift. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but I mean, conversely, the, the Steelers, uh, I think that, you know, while they are a l- little bit battered uh, in, in their run game, I think that, you know, at home, uh, I think they'll manage. I just, mm, it's been hard for them to put a point. They do a lot of dump offs to, to Jalen Samuels. Um they're certainly going to test the, the Rams linebackers, but I feel like Corey Littleton, Clay Matthews, um, you know, Akubama, I, I think they, they should be able to, to, to hold them off. Uh, so, I mean, having said that, Cabo, I mean, give, give me your prediction to this game from a score perspective. You have the Rams favored by four, uh, over yeah. under 44.5. So, what say you? 44.5. Yeah, I don't foresee this being super high scoring. Um, I think it's going to yeah, give me the Rams. I'm going to say Rams. I'm going to say the under that. I'm going to say it to be like Rams 20, 21. Uh, Steelers. Uh, I guess 17 will be only be four points. So give me Rams 23, Steelers 17. Oh, wow. We're on the same tip. Uh, I wrote this down ahead of time. So I think the Rams are going to run the ball. I think they're going to make it um, a slower paced game. And Try to try to fuck them up in the second half with some play action stuff. Um, shout out to Cooper Cup; he's been excellent this season. I think that this time around we're going to get a little bit more Brandon Cooks down, down the stretch, uh, a little bit more Robert Woods in the end zone. Um, but I think that they're going to get their points in the second half of the game. Uh, so give me the Rams twenty three, uh, give me the Steelers sixteen. So we're not that far off in our prediction. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. We've covered two out of the three NFC West games, so let's go ahead and 
talk about two teams that you know very well. Um, <laughs> last but not least, Monday Night Football. You had the Seahawks at seven and two against the Niners eight and zero. This was interesting too because the line for this game opened with the Niners favored by six and a half, mm-hmm. over under forty six and a half. Right now it's down to six. I could see the line going down to five and a half come Monday Night Football, just because you know people are gonna. I don't know. I, I thought the line was a tidbit high. I, I I know that the Niners are are undefeated, but. You know, the the Seahawks are coming off... I mean, both teams are coming off very tight games, very convincing games, actually. So, I mean... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let, 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 let me hear you first. What's what's your initial thoughts as we head into this matchup on Monday Night Football? Well, I mean, it definitely... I mean, I've been talking about this game probably every day the last few weeks here with people in my office and such. Um, you know, I think, honestly, one of the biggest concerns that I hear every day is the special teams play, especially of on the Seahawks and, and um, all the issues they've had in the last couple of seasons. Jason Myers. Jason Myers yep. Has issues this year. Um, you know, when they had Blair Walsh, they paid, and he literally lost his three games from last year or the year before. Um, I, I learned a term today that people – you remember Stephen Hauschka, the kicker for the Seahawks for a long time? Yeah, and then he went to the Bills. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. His nickname here was, was Hausch Money. House money, really? Exactly. I didn't even know that. Okay. So they they're definitely missing house money now because of all the you know Janikowski and Blair Walsh and Jason Myers, all these issues. So their concern, you know, that's definitely a concern in their mind this year, especially because Walsh or has Myers hasn't been playing that well. Um, but again, kind of like you said, you know, this team is running through Russ Wilson like he's having MVP year, crazy numbers. Um, and again, he's. You know, he's never had that amazing offensive line. They recently lost Justin Britt, their starting center, which is not helping them. Um, I think they've been they've definitely been happy with the emergence of DK Metcalf. Uh, they've had, you know, uh, I think the other, you know, Lockett's playing really well this season. Twelve Chris catches, one hundred and fifty-two, and two touchdowns. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, but I think the other kind of glaring issue is that they're secondary. So that's been the. I think special teams and secondary have been the, the biggest woes from people I've been hearing this week. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I think that their defense is ranked 27th. The Niners' offense is 13th. Um, so that's the biggest differential because if you look conversely, uh, the Niners have the second-ranked offense and the Seahawks have the third-ranked – I'm sorry, second-ranked defense and the, the Seahawks have the third-ranked offense. And so I think the biggest – Differential where you, you can see why the why the Seahawks would be six point uh, underdogs is because the Niners have the thirteenth ranked offense and the Seahawks are only twenty seventh because their pass rush up to this point they only have nine sacks for the season. Michael Kendricks leads them with three. Um, that's not that's not a lot of sacks, guys. Uh, they're not getting a lot a lot of pressure despite having Jadavion Clowney and a couple other guys on their roster. Um, their secondary is as you saw against Tampa Bay. It's they certainly, yeah, they allow plays to happen, but um, I don't know. It's just it's just so weird when I look at this matchup because it seems like the Niners are like the Legion of Boom sort of defense, and now Russell Wilson is the the lone the lone star for the Seahawks repping on their end. You know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like they're relying on him now. <laughs> yeah, but I think. 
the difference between that making that comparison, and I heard this somewhere today that you know the Niners, their defensive you know identity is their front seven, right? Of all the first round picks they've had and such, and all those guys have been playing really well. But you know, collect you know individually they're not you know they're you know Forrest Buckner is a is a great player and Nick Bosa is a rookie, but you know you don't have those household names like you did with Richard Sherman, uh, uh, Earl Thomas, et cetera, et cetera, Kim Chancellor. So it's kind of like the identity of the Niners is just the defense of a, as, a, as one unit who's wrecking havoc, essentially. Yep. Yeah, they've been swarming. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, well, and here's another thing that makes this game interesting, too, because, I mean, uh, I think that what the Niners do very well is they run the football just as much as, they, as the Seahawks run. Um, but the Niners are running at a very – I mean, they, they are killing the run game right now. Um, and they are going to get both their starting tackles. From what I understand, left tackle Joe Saley, right tackle Mike McGlinchey, and fullback Kyle Juszczyk, Juice. They're, oh, he's supposed to play? They're supposed to play. Uh, last time I, I heard, they were slated to play. Um, I think Joe Saley, he's been kind of hampered a little bit during practice, but from what I understand, he should be playing. Um, the last time I checked, Akello Witherspoon hasn't been pl- practicing all week, so he's he's questionable. Um, but it looks like their run game should be back, uh, especially when you consider that, you know, Kyle Juszczyk has been so essential um, as a fullback in, in this offense, and so that goes up there. Uh, but conversely, uh, here's the skinny that I wanted to talk to you about as well. George Kittle, I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you saw him last week. He took a gnarly hit uh, right below his knee to Chandler Jones. Um uh, he hasn't practiced all week as well, and so he's a big question mark, which puts a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on both the Niners to run the ball well, um, but at the same time too, it's going to put a lot of pressure on on the receivers. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, everyone knows the Kittle is is has been you know our biggest offensive weapon this season. Um, you know, he's 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 one of those guys who can do a little bit of everything. Um, I know he's questionable, but you know he's he's I think he was questionable earlier in the season on the game, and he, he ended up playing. He seems to be a pretty tough guy, so I would not be surprised if he ended up playing despite not practicing this week, considering he knows how big this game is. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I think the run game should be better. Uh, I think that the X factor, you know, for this game, because all things being equal, um, you, know, I, you know what you're getting out of Russell Wilson on the offense for the Seahawks. Uh, but yeah. you, re- you really, you know, you know that the Niners are going to try to run run the ball just as much as the Seahawks. Uh, the the big X factor, in in my opinion, goes to um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you saw him have a you know a career game last week with four touchdowns, three hundred something yards uh, against the Cardinals. But the Cardinals aren't world beating either defensively. Uh, but neither there are the Seahawks, I guess. And so. You know, can Jimmy G do it again? Uh, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Um, considering that the Seahawks can be had, you know, can he do it two weeks in a row? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Jimmy, to his credit, you know, he every game this this season, you know, kind of going back to like the Washington game where it was a super ugly, you know, kind of grinded out you know, special teams win to the game where he threw to what four touchdowns through four or five different receivers in another game when, you know, uh, Coleman had three touchdowns. So every game has been a little different from, you know, uh, offensive standpoint. And I guess give credit to Kyle Shanahan for 
making these play calls and, and, and adjusting to the game accordingly. So it's going to be interesting to see that comparison as well, looking at the young gun, you know, Kyle Shanahan against, you know, the old vet in uh, Pete Carroll. Right. All right. Okay, so um, so let's go ahead. Speaking of the, uh, speaking of the tight end position, um, I think the, the Seahawks are essentially working with their third-string tight end now since um, – you know, this, this leaves out for the season. Luke Wilson, I think it's hurt. And other, I think what Jacob Hollister is playing is starting. Yeah, but, I mean, you're talking about Jacob Hollister, the one that made uh, the game-winning touchdown last week sure. in overtime. Uh, from what I understand as well, they might activate Ed Dixon, who's been uh, on IR. They might ca- call mm-hmm. him up. Um, that will be encouraging. You know, obviously, their tight ends aren't the point mm-hmm. of emphasis in this offense now, uh, especially with the injury to, to Will Disley. But to your point, Camo, let's go ahead and flip it on the Seahawks offense when they have the ball and they're going against this Niners front four. Um, their tight ends aren't that great, but maybe their X factor comes into the guy that they just picked up of waivers from New England, <laughs> right? Yeah. Y'all might know him. His name is Josh Joshua Gordon. Um, he's yeah. 6'4", 240 pounds, and he will be outside alongside DK Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett will be in the slot. That is killer. Even That's And here's the thing, too. Maybe, uh, and I'm just thinking aloud, maybe they put him in the slot on a couple packages. Um, you know, in that same mold where you put Larry Fitzgerald in the slot, have a bigger receiver. Kind of have him play as, like, the inline tight end. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I could see them totally doing that. Their tight end position might be kind of weak, but if you put Gordon in the slot on a couple packages... Uh, that could be just as effective as a receiving tight end if you cast my drift. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think the jury is still out on Josh Gordon. Like, you know, he's been hurt and dealing with so many issues the last couple of seasons that he's not the player he used to be when he was on Cleveland. You know, even on the Patriots, he's playing, playing okay. Um, but again, it kind of tells you something that the Patriots let him go as well, even though he was hurt. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not overly concerned about about him in this game because the first game with a new team and offense and such. Um, you know, who who do you think who do you think Sherman could be matched up against um, uh, as his receiver opposite him? <sighs> well, you know, he, Sherman he's not necessarily a man rece- man man cornerback. He's not necessarily going to be yeah. in one on one receiver. But I think that. You know, a receiver that will give them troubles, um, especially down the middle. It's going to be in the slots. It's going to be Russell Wilson's favorite target. Mentioned this before. Last week, 12 catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, some of these throws that he did to Luckett was just pure butter. Like, that chemistry has been A1 the last couple seasons. And... In a similar fashion to what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo to Sanders, where you know you just you throw every receiver open, he still hasn't made his break, but you still throw it to him anyways because you know where he's going to be. Well, you're going to get that out of Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, okay? And so I think Sherman, you know, as good as he is, you know, he's still not as um, agile. That, that's for sure. And I think that if you put Lockett, you know, on crossing routes in the slots. Uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have some troubles, and I think just that whole middle of the field for the Niners is gonna be very problematic because Quan Alexander, their their inside linebacker, he's out for the season with a torn pectoral, 
And so that mm-hmm. middle of the field in terms of pass coverage gets compromised. You know, uh, I think that we saw a lot of good things from the Cardinals and with, with what Kyler Murray did down the middle. Um, just having that that ability to to really challenge them on on screen plays, l- let their defenders make a play laterally, um, you know, east west, try to turn the corner. You saw Kenyon Drake make make a couple of runs on the outside too, bounce outside on some counters, and so I think that's what the Seahawks are probably going to do. They're probably going to take a page out of what the Cardinals did because, I mean, if Kyler Murray, being an athletic quarterback, if he can do it. Russell Wilson's much better than Kyler Murray, so it, it shouldn't surprise me if they did something in similar fashion. Um, conversely, you know, for this Niners pass rush, Justin Britt, you said this before, he's out for the season. Joey Hunt comes in as the replacement at center. Uh, the, the way you get to Russell Wilson is you get him pushed inside, let the pocket collapse where he can't run outside. The collapse comes within, and then he's forced to stay in the middle because he can't go out. That's why the Rams with Aaron Donald has, has done such a great job against the, the Seahawks in the past. And so if DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead in the interior, Solomon Thomas maybe, and they can put the middle bull, bull rush pass, then that's probably problematic for the Seahawks. But um, as of right now, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm going to take a page out of what the Cardinals did on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, this game is going to be, I think it's going to be higher scoring than, than uh, what, what's the current line right now? 46 and what's a half. 46 and a half right now. 40, 46 and a half. I think that, I would definitely take the over on that. Um, just considering both these, you know, you said the Seahawks number three ranked offense, Niners or what, 13th. Or something like that. So 27th ranked uh, defense, 13th ranked offense for the Niners. Yeah, it's, it's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely take the over. Um, and then with the spread, Niners minus six currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously a little little bias here, but I I honestly think this could be a, I think this could be a close game. Um, I would I'm a, I I would think the Niners will win, but I would not be overly shocked if they end up losing this one in a close one, especially considering that, you know, Levi, although home, has never really proven to be the biggest home field advantage. Okay. So, give me the score. What say you, Cave up? Oh, man. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Niners 35 Seahawks 28. Let me write that down. Niners what? 35. Seahawks 28? 28. Oh, so you're looking in for like a smorgasbord of fantasy football points right now. That's going to be a fun game. <laughs> yeah. if that were to go down. It would be pretty cool for Monday night, for sure, you know. Um, Man, I don't want to be the bad. Oh, I'll, I'll just say it. So when I look at this game, for the record, the Niners aren't going to go 16-0. They're not going to go undefeated. I do realize that as good as the Niners may look, they are going to lo- lose a couple football games. They have a couple of uh, tough opponents in the second half of the season. Uh, I think that uh, for this game, uh, as tightly contested as it's going to be and as hi- highly hyped that this front four pass rush has been for the Niners, uh, I-, I am a 
I'm starting to be a big fan of Russell Wilson and what he's been doing the last couple weeks. I think that, you know, with the absence of Quan Alexander uh, in pass coverage, especially down the middle, I think that bodes very, very well for the Seahawks because a lot of stuff that they do um, comes down the middle. Uh, I think that, you know, with a little bit of Chris Carson in the run game and Russell Wilson playing at this point, uh, they're certainly going to be in the mix. Uh, conversely, you know, I know that this Niners run game will be, it should be better. It should be better at home. Uh, it should be better with Kyle Yushek and their tackles back. Uh, but I also feel that, I don't know, something something makes me wonder, you know, after such a good performance against the Cardinals, uh, Jimmy G, you know, he usually is susceptible to making a boneheaded move or two in the first half. I could see that happening against the Seahawks. I, I feel that the Seahawks, while they don't necessarily give the numbers of sacks and, and, and take, you know, and and pressures, they do get their certain amount of takeaways. They've gotten plenty of uh, defensive touchdowns this season, and that's certainly possible against the Niners. Uh, so, okay, well, I'm just going to say it, man. Uh, I think that the Seahawks are going to win this game. I think that the Seahawks oh, will shit. win 27 Niners 23, in which, uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be a Russell Wilson game to kindly remind the Niner faithful that the Seahawks are still in the division. They are still in. Wow. They are still in the mix. Hot, hot takes from just the West. And that would make the uh, the division very interesting because if the Seahawks were to win and the Niners were to lose, that would make the Niners with an eight and one record. And that would make the Seahawks with an eight and two record. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. that would be that would close the gap for one game behind. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I, I don't think the Niners are obviously going to finish season sixteen. No, I think they have a pretty tough schedule after this. Even though they have, I think the next three or four games at home or something like that. But they do go on the road at Baltimore and then at New Orleans, and that is pretty brutal. So. Um, I think they will de- pretty much lose at least one of those games. All I'm saying is, you know, this Niners pass rush, they've done very well against traditional pocket passers, but uh, against these mobile quarterbacks in your Kyler Murray's and Russell Wilson's of the world, I mean, that pass rush, I won't say it gets uh, washed out, but uh, it does get compromised. Um, and, you you know, it's just... You're just seeing a lot of really good things out of Russell Wilson right now. and I guess given their context and some of their momentum on Monday Night Football, I just kind of feel that uh, the Niners are due for, for a loss. Well, I mean, they've definitely surpassed everyone's expectations at this point. I think the Vegas over-under was, what, at like seven wins the whole season or something like that? So, uh, I think it was like eight, but yeah. yeah, yeah they, they've so, been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So, okay, guys, um, yeah, just to recap, Cardinals against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm saying 31 to 77 Cardinals. What would you put, Camo? Uh, I had I had the uh, the Bucks in the first game. Okay, and then Rams against the Steelers. I have the Rams winning 23 to 16. Camo had them winning 23 to 17. So I guess the one thing that we do, and it's kind of weird for me to dis- disagree with you, but I have the Seahawks winning twenty-seven to twenty-three. You have the Niners winning thirty-five to twenty-eight. So yeah, it is what it is, man. I'm so excited for Week Ten. Uh, win or lose, I think this should be a really good game for the Niners. 
Should be a good game for the Seahawks. It should be a very good game for the NFL as a whole. These are the type of games that you want to have on Monday Night Football. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's just it's just nice to have this this rivalry renewed again. So. Yeah, and I, and I hope you know. With that being said, um, that we see this for years to come. Like honestly, I haven't felt this way about this matchup since like you know. When he saw in Madden you, uh, the commercial with Colin Kaepernick and, and Russell Wilson, right? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you haven't had that since, so I don't know. should be fun. Cable, any other thoughts before uh, we head out on this podcast? Nope, just uh crazy season is, you know, more than halfway through. Um, but, you know, it's uh, you know, we saw the Patriots go down last week, so hopefully the Niners can – remain the only uh, unbeaten team left for another week to come. All I'm saying is they open at six and a half. It's at six right now. It wouldn't surprise me come Monday as we go into that afternoon. It goes down to five and a half. So <laughs> stay tuned, guys. To all sure. my loyal listeners, continue to listen to the pod, whether it be on Spotify or iTunes. You can also check me out on Twitter at Just the West. Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Kamo, appreciate your time. Until next time, we out here. We out. Peace. Peace.